Welcome to the 1K Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Fleming, and this is a podcast all about showing you how to make money from home while you are raising kids and building your business. This is a show where we will talk about the mindset, the strategy, and the tactics on how you can begin to monetize your brilliance. Well, guys, welcome to the 1K Mom podcast. Today, we have Sarah Lingenfelter on the podcast. Hopefully, I said that right. And she is an online entrepreneur and owner of Virtual Biz Partner. And she has made a life-changing discovery in 2011 after a bit of soul-searching. Sarah got clear that she wanted to work at home and have time with her then two-year-old son. We'll figure out how old he is now. And she decided she wanted to be in control of her future and be available for every one of her son's milestones. This is such a uh, kind of, I'm kind of interrupting this interview guys, or this uh, bio reading, but um, I love that, that she has the heart of the 1K mom right here in her bio. I love that. Anyway, back to the bio. The world of virtual assistants opened up a real passion for online business systems and technology in no time. Her business was fully booked. Yep. And she went from being a VA to becoming a certified online business manager or OBM where she helped busy entrepreneurs organize, run and grow their online businesses. Sarah is now dedicated to providing work from home opportunities for stay at home moms through an accessible online educational course that teaches all the much needed business skills, software basics and connects moms to an online community for direct access to success strategies to get started. Sarah, I'm so excited to chat with you. How are you? Yay, I'm awesome. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I just love reading your bio because, gosh, so much of that is the heart of the 1K Mom podcast, just wanting to be home with our babies and and build a business and income around what we're good at and what matters most. So tell me how you got started uh, really in business. Yeah. Wow. And it was something I never planned. Like I have lived in Missouri my entire life. I've lived in small towns. Uh, Parents never completed college. Like I just kind of your normal small town girl, nothing uh, stands out as far as like, you know, my background I never had plans of like, you know, my my parents were entrepreneurs, nothing like that. And I was going to go into probation and parole. Like I had my mindset. I'm like, I'm going to college because my parents didn't. And that's what you need to make money, right? Is <laughs> going to college. <laughs> that's kind of what I thought at the, at the time. And so I had these plans and I was going to make it happen. And I had gotten married and had a son. And then we had at the time, uh, two stepdaughters. I'm now divorced. So if I reference like I was, that's, that's why I say it that way. Um, but at the time when I got married, I moved to where my husband lived and that meant 90 miles, miles away from where my job was at. And the boss at the time said, well, we really value you. We think you could do this job from home. So I started working from home and long story short, I was really unhappy with the job. And that's when I was like, okay, now I'm going to do probation parole. Like I went to school for this. This was my plan. And as I started looking into it, um, and because my son had been home with me some at that time, I, you know, what I learned was I would be gone 50 plus hours a week. I would be commuting. He would have to be in daycare full time. And my heart just kind of sunk. Like, you know, when I had planned on going in probation and parole, I was single and I didn't have kids. And after having my son, that gave me a new perspective on things. 
And what started happening was I'm like, okay, I'm doing this job from home. I know I'm an employee, but there must be like other work I can do from home where I'm not an employee. I have more flexibility um, because, you know, ultimately I was still doing what somebody else wanted me to do. And I was driving one day a week to the office. So that 90 mile drive, it was a long day. <laughs> and I just started looking online and on Facebook one day, I saw the word virtual assistant. And that was when everything changed for me. Um, yeah, this is 2011, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was in 2011. Yeah, but even when I saw that, I didn't. I didn't really know what it was. For one, I mean, I kind of thought, well, an assistant from that works from anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of you know what I what I guessed. But then I didn't realize like what the possibilities were. I didn't really have plans of having my own business, but I was like, this is something I'm going to explore because I had seen other. I tried like selling makeup and jewelry and that just didn't really work for me because it took me away in the evenings. And I was like, well, I want to be home at night. And, uh, you know, all these other work from home opportunities were still like employee type things. So I was still searching for, you know, there's got to be something more. And I needed an income. Like we needed a certain amount of money along with my husband's income. So it wasn't like I could just quit altogether and stay home. So I actually asked the lady who had posted about being a virtual assistant. I said, hey, can I ask you a few questions? So we emailed, I learned a little bit more. And after I learned some from her, I came across a couple freelance websites and I just started doing what the little bit I knew about a virtual assistant and doing kind of what my gut said. Um, I was pretty good with people and I landed my first couple clients within like a couple months. Um, but the thing was, because I still didn't really realize the possibilities I wasn't thinking like oh I'm going to start a business and quit my job like that wasn't my mindset all at the time it was just I am not happy at my job and I want something else but I still didn't know what that was and so I did that for a while just doing it on the side Um, I just had those two clients and I was fine with that but then after doing it for I think it was about six months I realized wait a minute there's this whole world online I could get more clients. I could make more money than I make at my job. I could work less hours and I could like, you know, I don't have to have a boss tell me anymore. Like, no, we're not doing that idea or no, you can't do that. And I don't have to ask for time off and things like that. And so I, it was January of 2013 when I decided to quit my job. Um, And because shortly before, just a few months before that, I had gotten to the point where it was like, when I realized the possibilities I thought I either need to quit my job or quit this side work because just doing, it didn't make sense to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and because my family and my son was the priority, it was, it was quitting my job. And I had planned to save up a certain amount of money that didn't happen. I just got to a point like done, I'm done. Yeah. And jumped in head first full time and made $10,000 more that first year than I made at my salary job. That's incredible. So the first question I've got kind of from all of that, and there's a few, but the first thing I want to know is, so back in 2011 was when you started this. How have you seen the game change from then to now? If you were starting now, if you were listening to this podcast today and you were like, oh, I should start a BA thing, would your game plan be different now than it was then? Knowing what I know now, yes. (laughs) And, And so to answer that is, yeah, I would have had more of a plan of what I was going to do. Okay. When I started doing it, I was kind of just reacting to what was coming. But have like, have like the places, the sites we go to find these freelancers, has that changed or is it still the Upwork or what, what is, what are those sites? 
It has changed somewhat. So Upwork is like the main site now for freelancers. Used to, it was like Elance and Odesk, and now they've all merged and changed. And then HireMyMom.com. That's a really great one. That's actually where I got my start, uh, was HireMyMom.com. I've never even heard of that. Oh, it's awesome. And what's great is like the, the people going on there looking for, and it's more than just VAs. Now, like they go on there looking for other types of individuals as well, other freelancers, but they already know you're, most likely a mom and they're excited to have a mom work for them um, just because that can be a barrier with certain clients yeah I would say there are there are now more freelance websites but there's also a lot more that are not you know very legit right. um, or it's there's more like agency type freelance sites where they say yeah we, we you know be a virtual assistant, but then it's more of an employee type thing. Or, of a, or like a Fiverr, which is right. more like, how can we bid the lowest, like pay the right. lowest for a job? It may not be the quality you're looking for as a business owner. Exactly. Exactly. And then the other big place I would say is Facebook groups, because back in 2011, yes, there was Facebook and there were, I guess, some groups. I mean, probably not that many. I really don't recall um, because I think it was in a forum or group, but now it's kind of a very known thing to network and clients will go to certain Facebook groups and there are certain groups specifically for finding clients and and listing jobs. Crazy cool. Well, so take me through like what you would do strategically different if you were to start now. Oh, the first thing I would do strategically is decide how I wanted my business to run. Um, Because I didn't do that and because I was doing it on the side, I just worked all the time. So I was working in the evenings. I was working on the weekends. And in the beginning, it was okay because I I was so excited and I was so excited to learn. Then after, um, I guess it was about after a year into it, that's when I'm like, wait, I've got to quit my job or do something because this is just now crazy. Like, (laughs) I have no life, you know? So really thinking about what I want my life to look like, you know, what time am I setting aside for family versus what time am I setting aside for my business? Um, yeah. And I think even if we're not VAs or if we're not business owners, like us listening to that as moms, right. I can sometimes when you're looking at this big, huge schedule, it's hard to pin yourself down and be like, I don't, I don't want to like figure I've done this before where I've been like, I don't want to pin myself down to this time to do this. But if we don't have some kind of general framework in which we right. like schedule our life or operate, then it's just going to be crazy town. <laughs> it, yes. Because what I see happen is either overwhelm or burnout, or if, if they're not overwhelmed or burned out, uh, the quality of work can lack on the side of the because they're just trying so hard to keep their head above water. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as females, we're much more prone to that burnout a lot quicker than our our male counterparts. (laughs) Oh yes. I, in the beginning, I wanted to make everybody happy. I wanted to say yes to everything. It came with good intentions. The flip side was not good for me. Well, okay. So say we're listening to this today. Let's apply this, if we can, a little more generally to more yeah. than just VA, but how can we begin to create a strategic plan? I know that's kind of your expertise. It's your yes. bread and butter about what you love to do. So walk us through that. Yeah. So I like to tell everybody to start with the goal. And usually it's a monetary goal. I mean, because most of it, face it, if we're moms and we're trying to start some sort of business online, it, it we need a certain amount of money, whether yeah. it's, you know, car payment. And, and I always tell people to break that down into what that money goal would be monthly because you've got to know what you're working for. And then once you have that goal, you need Now, to how s- pie in the sky can that be? Sorry to interrupt you, but like, does it, it need to be doable or a little bit pushy or like the- It actually depends. Goal? 
it depends on how much time you have to work. So if you have only 10 hours a week to work, then, you know, don't set a goal of $50,000 a year because yeah. you're going to be, you're never going to hit that goal. You just realistically cannot build a business and, and reach that goal. Now, if you can work 30 to 40 hours, which now you're getting back to full time, right. you, know, you could build something. Ultimately, you could end up hitting six figures at some point. Yeah. Um, it may depend on the business model we're talking about it, too. It, yeah. And it, and it will. So it can really vary. Um, but what I like to tell people is if you can only work, you know, 10 or 15 hours a week, you're going to be looking at kind of like a part-time income, what somebody would look at getting from a part-time job. And if you're looking to replace a salary job, and again, that varies by what state you're in and what type of a job, you know, you're going to need to looking at committing 30 to 40 hours a week building whatever it is yeah. to reach yeah. that monetary goal. And the bigger the goal, the longer it's going to take, yeah. <laughs> but it can be achieved. Yeah. And definitely, I think just a little tip just uh, to people listening, but those hours, you might be like scrolling Facebook for five hours a week, but these got to, these have to be activities that are really pushing the needle forward in your business. Right. Right. So you need to be very, very focused. So if you have that monetary goal, if you know, and the reason I say a monetary goal is because when I'm, when I'm training someone says a VA, sometimes they'll say, well, I want to hit six figures. I'm like, well, you're not going to do that in your first year. Like, that's just not realistic. We need to, because we want to set it where it's enough of a, a little bit of a stretch, but yet it's achievable. Yeah. So if you, so what I like to do is figure out first what somebody has to have. So even if somebody says, well, I want to quit my job and replace my salary. Okay. Well, do you have to have that amount of money or would you be okay with half of that amount? Yeah. If you'd be okay with half of that amount. Then let's start with that. And then once you have that, then you need to figure out what you have to do to get there. So if you sell products, you know, then what are your products and how many do you have to sell? Or if you are a virtual assistant or a copywriter or a graphic designer, you know, how many clients do you need to have? So I like to break it down. And I know these are very general numbers, but my point I want to make is that when I'm creating the strategic plan is I take that monthly number and break it down into either number of hours, number of clients, number of products. Because otherwise, you're kind of shooting in the dark. If yeah. you say, I want to make, you know, $5,000, but then you don't know how many clients you need to get or you don't know how many products, well, how do you know, how are you measuring that? How close are you actually getting to that? Because yeah. um, that translate, that's going to make a big difference mm -hmm. in seeing what works and what doesn't and then adjusting that strategic plan as needed. Yeah. So tell me like the type of VAs that typically come to you, what, what are they currently doing that hasn't really been working and that's why they're coming to you? Um, they're usually, they don't really have a strategic plan. They're trying to do it all. Mm -hmm. So they've been, they've maybe been researching, they've been looking for information and because there's so much conflicting advice, they just are overwhelmed and they don't know where to start. Yeah. And then the other side is that, as I mentioned deciding, setting that schedule, deciding when you're going to work. Like a lot of them don't do that. So maybe they do know where to start and the information was helpful, but then they start saying yes to everything and they get burned out and overwhelmed and then their business goes under because they didn't know how to plan for all of those, you know, those things. That might yeah. 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 Well, so do you tip, like, do you have certain tools you recommend to schedule out when you plan to work and how you plan to operate? I personally, I start with a simple Excel spreadsheet or like Google Doc, and I just list out my days and I kind of figure out like, uh, 
you know, if you've got kids that go to school half the day, then, you know, you have half your day free, you know, do you, are you going to exercise in that day? Um, do you have, you know, errands to run? And then I always schedule in a buffer. And then once I kind of have my schedule mapped out and again, it's not, it's not, um, not like set in stone because as moms, things can come up, but then I put that on my Google calendar because I have found that the easiest to reference. Like if I'm out and about, I can look at my calendar, my phone, if I'm home. And that always keeps me in check looking at those, those blocks that I have scheduled. And then I take it a step further and I use Asana for project management. And I know there's like so many different systems out there. Yes. So finally, different. finally, somebody's on this podcast that wants Asana. Everybody's like Trello, Trello. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to say, I was like, because lately that's kind of what I've been dealing with too. A lot of one group I'm in, they're all about Trello. And I'm like, I'm all about Asana. Um, yeah. And the, the reason I like Asana and I've heard great things about Trello. I used it a long time ago. What I hear the feedback is Trello is great for like lists, but Asana is a little more, I consider higher level an overview of actual projects. Yeah. So, yeah. So for somebody that just needs a list, then, then Trello might work fine. Um, yeah. But I just switched a client over from Basecamp to Asana because they were trying to do everything in a list, but they needed like projects and bigger, bigger plans, you know, mm-hmm. created. So I put everything into Asana so that I can keep track of, of my strategic plan and what I need to do. And I generally focus on 90 day periods of time. And so, okay. All right. So let's go there. Talk to me about 90 days. Let's okay. So I'm just trying to think kind of of myself, like a lot of times it's hard to focus myself on, on, on certain goals and I get very squirrel minded and I've got some things in place recently that are kind of helping me stay a little bit on course. If people have listened to episode 25 with Stacy, she talks about this whole brain dump concept and how to keep yourself from going off roading constantly during the day. So that's a great episode, but, um, how off roading, we are off-roading right now, Yeah, <laughs> but how can we like, okay, so tell me about 90 day goals, what that looks like and how we can keep ourselves disciplined into those goals. Yeah. So I used to first of all, make the mistake of trying to plan out my entire year. And that was like a disaster. And a lot of people online will teach you like 90 day goals. And since I started doing that, it works much better. So let's say for example, like a goal for me right now that I'm working on is list building, because that's going to impact some different areas of my business that I'm, I'm currently working on. So for me, that is really all I'm going to focus on for the next 90 days. And that's one thing I want to tell people is that when they are, if they do this 90 day kind of structure, focus on one to two goals, like don't try to do a website and create a program or like, typically we try to do too many things. I know I'm like, uh Oh, are you, are you doing all these things? Um, typically, if only the people listening could see my face. <laughs> one to two big projects is generally all we can actually accomplish within 90 days unless we just have a very large team and unlimited funds, which is usually not the case. So let me interrupt and say, like, if if we're focusing on list building, does that mean we're not focusing on, are you not selling anything or what does that look like? Okay. So we've got some sales processes in place then. It feeds into that. Yes. Got it. Like I have my virtual assistant training, but I also know to hit my sales goals, I need my list. I need to be doing some list building. And so for me, I'm focusing on like two social media platforms. Um, I've been running Facebook ads, well, some Instagram, and then I've been doing um, interviews and like guest posts. And then I've been putting out some free content. 
Perfect. So when you have that big goal, so like my list building is then broken down into kind of those things I just told you. Yeah. And so, you know, my week could look like post daily on social media, you know, be sure an ad is constantly running, which the ads may change depending on what, you know, what is happening, um, create a new opt-in. Um, and then sometimes I will do testing to see which is working, which comes into the numbers. And then whichever one doesn't work and quit doing, usually it's an ad and then run the one that is working. Um, and so what that keeps me focused on doing is like, let's say, let's say a friend in my network comes to me and says, um, you know, Hey, I want you to speak at my online summit I'm having. I would then look at, does this fit into my 90 day goal? Will this help me to build my list or not? Yeah. Like if it would fit and if I don't really have to prepare anything, then I'll probably say yes. But if it's, you know, say it's on a topic, maybe, maybe it's a totally different, maybe it's a demographic as doctors and she wants me to talk about how to create a, you know, what are the best online tools um, that doctors should use? You know, I would probably say no, because they don't want to get on my list. They don't want to know about being a virtual assistant. So that's why having that clear, like one to two projects that you're focusing on for that 90 days and knowing not just the actions you need to do to meet that goal, but those things you're not going to do. If you have friends always asking for, you know, if you create, um, super cute clothes and that's what you sell and you've got friends always asking for ideas of like how to dress their kids maybe you need to cut that time down you know yeah say no you're gonna have to learn to say no and I think as women that's really difficult to do and deciding ahead of time that you're going to do that and and what possible things you might be saying no to but that knowing that's getting you closer towards your goal yeah. And knowing that goal, we can then create some metrics. So how do you begin? Yes. Like, how do you set those metrics for those 90 days? So it depends on like what I am looking at. So for example, I have, I've narrowed down my social media networks where I'm really just focusing on two right now. Um, but you know, I look on the back end and it gets really technical, but I look at my insights, you know, on um, how many people are opting in through the different mm-hmm. networks. Um, you know, you can look at Google analytics. Uh, you can act, you can ask people like if your list, you don't have to get, if your business is small and you're just starting out, you can ask people like if you're selling something, um, you know, you can just ask, how did you learn about me? Uh, figuring out what's working because what I have seen happen. So for example, I once had a client that was putting a lot of money into Instagram and she had this huge goal of building her Instagram up to like, I think 10,000 followers. And they were growing it. They were doing nothing on the back end to track the metrics. And every time I would bring this up, it, nobody wanted to put any time into it. And they didn't want me to spend time on it. So they were spending money, you know, paying someone to do the Instagram daily. They were doing all kinds of contests, content. Like they were spending a lot of money just on their Instagram, but they weren't actually looking to see if it was working. Hmm. So meaning talk, right followers actually having opt-in. Exactly. Were they then yes, were they then opting in to, you know, was it the website they were driving them to? Because there's a few different ways you can get traffic from Instagram. So yeah, they weren't actually looking at was it converting into um, building their list, was it converting into sales? You know, like if it's simply just building your online following, how is that getting you closer to your goal? Yeah. So you just want to make sure that your energy other than closer to the swipe up feature of Instagram. Yeah. 
The coveted 10,000 followers. Sorry, I'm off-roading again. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Well, and I've been building my Instagram lately, and so I've been really looking at, like, am I doing the right things? Am I yeah. you know, and just, like, the example I used of, like, being asked to be a speaker on a summit. You know, I've had clients that were asked numerous times. Their list never grew from it. And so you just really need to look at like, is this a win-win for both of us? And is this getting me closer to my, and if it is a win, is it towards my, my current goal? Yeah. Yeah. Well, technical question here, tactical question, really Instagram, what platforms do we have currently to track things with the whole API issue lately? So I have been, well, and my setup is probably a little bit different than some individuals. I have, um, quite a bit set up in Google Analytics, but I use Infusionsoft. And so I can do a lot of different tracking with Infusionsoft. What I've been doing with my Instagram is, and I would have to go look at the tool's name. (laughs) You would ask me and then I can't think of the name. Um, Because what I'm noticing is it'll say I'm having like profile visits, but not many people are coming to my website from Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so that's not really, and then I use Linktree. Yeah. And that's helping to get some, I don't know if individuals are using that. That's a great tool to use. Um, just be very focused on how you're using it. Yeah. So one thing I recently found, so I have a webinar coming up. So this would be a good example of um, tracking numbers. I have a free webinar coming up and I posted in my Facebook group about it. I sent an email to my list and I'm running a Facebook ad. I have now only had, I think I have about, I'm up to about 60 signups. I've only had five for my Facebook ad, a few for my list, all the rest are for my Facebook group. So what that tells me is maybe on my ads, I should just be driving them to my Facebook group or to my freebie that drives to my Facebook group and then inviting them to a webinar because my cost on my ads, it was like nine bucks a person. I finally just shut it off. I'm like, this is not worth it. So that's what I mean by looking at your metrics and testing. Sometimes it's not anything complicated. But it's like, if you know you have, like I had three sources of traffic, the ads, my Facebook group, and my list, yeah. it's like Facebook group converted really, really well. Well, and it may be completely different for other people. Like that's right. the thing it's about, totally, exactly those type A people that are listening who are XYZ type people like the, you know, algebra lovers where mm-hmm. you love formulas. It You want a formula, but it's not always going to happen that way. Right. And one trap I always, I used to fall into was listening to podcasts going, oh, Sarah is running traffic to a webinar and it didn't work. So now right. she's, and then I'll just start doing, I'll scroll I'll yeah. and totally do that and realize, right. okay, it, it may not work for me. So we've exactly. got to, we've got to be committed to the metrics and to the testing. Yes. yes. And which looking, is not the fun part. honestly. No, it's, it's not always fun. And you know what I tell people, if they don't like it, if it's only in your business, well, then you got to suck it up and do it. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a virtual assistant or if you have a team member, you know, record yourself doing it get zoom is free and you can do a screen recording of you tracking your metrics and then delegate that to somebody. Like it doesn't have to be something you do. You can teach someone how to do it and then they can pull those numbers for you and then you can make the decision based off of that. Yeah, 100%. So just to kind of recap the 90-day plan, you're suggesting we have one to two big projects max. Yes. Have a goal for those 90 days and then have some good strategies and tactics around accomplishing those things. Yes, definitely. Perfect. Well, goodness, do you have anything else to add before we head into like the last four questions that we ask every mom? 
Oh, I don't, you know, I think if I add any more, I mean, I don't want to overwhelm. I would just say, I just would kind of want to, you know, reference again what you said, like, just because I said what worked for me, it doesn't mean it's going to work for somebody else. So look at the numbers, figure out what works for you and, and do that. Um, but it's just being, you know, being very focused, being clear what you can achieve, get okay with saying no and looking at those numbers on the back end to make sure what you're trying is actually and if not, try something different because I'm telling you, not everything works. So don't feel bad when it doesn't. Yeah, yeah 100%. And you know, kind of to add on to that, if we, this is kind of a mom thing as well. So we can apply this to mom and business. But if you've got a clear idea of where you're going and what you're accomplishing, it becomes so much easier to say no without guilt. Exactly. And this is in motherhood too. Like, yeah. How often have we been asked at church or asked from a friend or asked from somebody to help them to drop everything we're doing right. to help them. Exactly. And I'm not saying don't help people. I'm just saying right. like, be clear on your goals and your things so that you can say no guilt-free because exactly. ultimately we are in charge of taking care of the little people and the husbands in our households yes. and our business. Yeah. So, well, I'm going to head on into the last four questions we ask every mom on the show. Okay. So uh, you don't have to think too much, just quick answers. <laughs> okay. But what is one mom and business owner hack to help others manage motherhood and business well? Mm. Wow, one hack. I would say, you know what the best is for me is I have the app uh, Wonderlist on my phone and I have certain lists, like ongoing lists for like groceries, um, errands to run, and so what I like is regardless of where I am, because you think of things at the most random times and I can add it to that list. So I have like, I don't know, eight standard lists or something and I don't make a big deal out of it um, of like trying to make out an entire list, but it's great. I'm like, oh, I need to pick up this from the store. I'll put it on my list. That app, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it makes me, and I'm pretty sure it's free. I don't think I paid for it. Um, it's awesome. Maybe I need to look at that because that sounds perfect for my whole brain dump thing that I was talking about earlier. Yes. Oh, it's like you're doing your hair and you think, Oh my gosh, I meant to buy that on Amazon or I know I'll go to run errands. And then I'm like, wait, there were like five places I need to go. What were those? And so now like, as I think of it, I put it on there and then I go to that list and then I'm just, it, you know, it just does so many great things. You don't waste energy and frustration. I like it. Well, lately I put myself on a once a month only Trader Joe's shopping mm. spree. So I'm yeah. not going every week like I was because it's dangerous. Right. Um, so now I've got, I've got it in my Evernote, but I, that's, that would make sense for me to have like a Trader Joe's list. So exactly. I know we need hand yeah. soap or we need this or we need whatever. So right. I like it. Well, if you could do this all over again, motherhood or business, take it whichever way you want. Mm-hmm. What would you tell yourself or start with? Hmm. I think for me, it would be with business and it would have just been to have some sort of a plan in place. Yeah. 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 Simple enough. Favorite app, software, or system that you'd recommend right now? Well, I already said Asana, but if I was to just drop off a few really quickly that I use like daily, I use Asana daily. I use Slack for team communication. I use Zoom for um, video recordings. And then... um, I love Fresh Desk for support, like inbox support. I kind of moved over to that recently and it's been awesome. And then just Gmail, like you could do so much with Google Google Docs and Gmail. Everybody should use that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Fresh Desk, like take me through that. So if somebody is somebody in your course like emails about like a login issue, do they handle that? 
Um, it's so Freshdesk is a software program, and like both my VA and I are in there, and so she can just answer tickets. But if she doesn't know how to answer it, she can like apply a note to where I can see it, but then she can oh. still respond. Got it. So it's more of like uh, it's not like a team is answering it, but it's like there's the system for the whole case. Right. And I've thing. searched many, many, many different um, support inboxes, and this is one of the best. And it's free for. Well, I'm using the free version, but it's, they have a great free version and, and it offers the most out of all of the other ones out there. That's so cool. Yeah. I love it. Well, what is the best book you've read? And then what are you looking forward to reading soon? Mm. Well, the best book I read, so I read a lot of business books, but I just read this one book that is not business and it's called how to walk away and but people, you can pre-order it. I, I actually got it like special through this program, the early release. It is, every woman should read it. It was so inspiring and like I've been through a lot of changes in my life. And basically it's this woman who goes through something tragic, but then still finds a way to be happy with her life. And I just think for women, it, it's, it's just very motivational. But what was the other part of that question? What you're looking forward to reading next. Oh, okay. Cause I just finished that book last night. That's what I was like. I was like reading yesterday. I'm like, I'm going to finish it. Um, what I'm looking forward to reading next. That's a good question. I need to find a book. I have, if you were to see my bookshelf next to me, like I have a huge bookshelf with books I've not read yet. And it'll probably be a business book that I read next. Um, I've been doing a lot of work on like mindset and balance. And uh, so it'll be something along those lines. Gotcha. Well, um, curious, did you read the 90 day year? I have not read the book. I've been through some of the material. I had a client that like she did the program was wanting me to help assist her with some of that. So um, yeah, because some people have recommended it on the show. And when you were talking about 90 day goals, I thought, hmm, I wonder. Yeah, if she's I've that. not been through that. But like I work with the mentor and everybody lately has been saying like the whole 90 day thing. And he it may have been a lot of the start from that. Um but it's basically, they just, you know, the reason behind, or at least in general, is that, you know, so much changes. And if you plan out your entire year and then you find out halfway in, there's a huge shift, then you spend all this time and energy, you know, or maybe you have a new direction you're going. Um, but then if I, if people don't focus on 90 days, you're just not quite looking out far enough ahead. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, take me, uh, take everybody through where we can follow you. Where's your website? Where are you hanging out on social media the most? And then yeah. any other last things? Definitely. So I am at virtualbizpartner.com. Uh, that's where they can find me and learn more about me and find good information on all kinds of stuff. And then I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. So yeah, those are the two. I just find that's where most of my audience hangs out. Like, I just couldn't get into the others. I mean, okay, I like well, we're live right now on Instagram stories, so say hi. <laughs> oh, yay. Hi. <laughs> so if you're listening to the podcast or watching stories, you've got to follow Sarah. And follow me, too, if you're not already. Yeah. Uh. Awesome. <laughs> well, that was fun and impromptu, but yes. Oh, well, Yeah. We need to post that because stories, and then you'll be able to see this little cube I'm hanging out in. Perfect. I know. I'm like, I have to go look at that. I was on Instagram earlier and uh, going through things. I'll have to go look at your, your following you. So. 
Well, it has been so good chatting. I yes. hope um, everybody gets over to your website, connects with you because you've got some incredible insight about strategy and just higher level thinking for that VA getting started. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I've had a blast talking. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you loved this show, help me spread the word to all your other mama friends by taking a screenshot of the show today and posting it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag me at Katie Fleming and let me know what you loved. I'd love to feature you on my stories as well when you do that. So if you have not joined our community, go to 1kmomtribe.com. This is a free Facebook community of women who are getting it done in their business and in their family. See you inside.